Partly cloudy, minus 10 in downtown Calgary. Good morning from Global News. It's 9 o'clock. I'm Madeline DeBellis. Alberta is reporting 11 more COVID-19-related deaths and 383 new cases of the virus. Global's Courtney Davidson reports on the latest update the day after the province announced the easing of some restrictions. The positive cases came from 10,377 new tests over a 24-hour period, giving a provincial positivity rate of 3.8%. Seven of the deaths reported Saturday were in the Edmonton zone, and all of the cases included comorbidities. There were two deaths in the Calgary zone, a man in his 70s with unknown comorbidities, and a second man in his 70s whose death was linked to the outbreak at Intercare Southwood and whose case did include comorbidities. Two other deaths were in the north zone. On Friday, the province announced the easing of restrictions starting February 8th, including the reopening of restaurants for in-person dining and the reopening of gyms, but just for one-on-one training. Courtney Davidson, Global News. Canadians hoping to hop on a flight to warm sandy beaches this winter are being turned away from four of Canada's major airlines. Air Canada, WestJet, Sunwing and Air Transat have suspended service to Mexico and the Caribbean at the urging of the federal government. The restriction will last until April 30th. Among other restrictions to prevent the spread of COVID-19, all international passenger flights are only permitted to land at four designated airports in Vancouver, Toronto, Calgary and Montreal. Taxpayers will continue paying Julie Payette a generous pension and funding a lifelong expense account even after she resigned the Governor-General post amid allegations of creating a toxic work environment. The Governor-General's Act makes no distinction between someone who completes a five-year term without incident and someone who leaves early or departs amid scandal. Parliamentary experts say the law could be amended as it applies to future governors, generals, but it is unlikely to be changed retroactively to reduce Payette's pension or strip it from her entirely. Video games are sometimes accused of inspiring violence, but what if they could be used to prevent it? Global's Carrie McCarthy has more on what a University of Alberta PhD student is developing. It's Your Move is a role-playing game currently used during the five-minute friend bystander intervention training program offered by the Sexual Assault Centre of Edmonton and U of A Sexual Assault Centre. It allows bar staff to experience scenarios that could lead to dangerous sexual violence. Creator Kenzie Gordon says using video games in the nonprofit sector is a new innovation. There is a lot of opportunity to kind of do new and exciting things and to reach people that might not normally be reached by these organizations. And because video games are such a popular medium and they're such an engaging tool, we can kind of have different conversations and kind of bring information to people's level in a way that traditional uh, educational delivery methods might not. So it's very exciting. Gordon has also developed an app called Flourish, which provides Edmonton-specific information to survivors of domestic violence in three languages. It can be found in the Google Play Store and Apple App Store. Carrie McCarthy, Global News. Taking a look at sports, the Montreal Canadiens were shut out by Calgary last night, 2-0. Elsewhere, it was an overtime victory for Edmonton in their 4-3 win over the Toronto Maple Leafs. And the Canucks defeated the Jets 4-1. Edmonton and Ottawa face off tonight at 7. Global News Sky Tracker weather today's high plus 4 and clearing conditions this afternoon. Tonight, low of minus 3. Tomorrow, sunny and high of plus 7. It's minus 10 at 9.04. Breaking news when it happens. 
Our next scheduled update at 9.30. I'm Madeline DeBellis. Good morning and welcome to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Earl Coombs. It is January the 31st. Holy cow. This month has just flown by. Felt like we just had the COVID Christmas and our uh, January's gone by. But we're being blessed with some great weather yesterday. Beautiful day. You're getting out. And uh, since we won't be going anywhere nice for a while, um, get out and, and enjoy what we got around here. Lots of great places to go see. Get out in the yard, look around your yard. You can uh, see what you want to plan for this coming spring. We're excited about it with lots of uh, lots of great things coming in and uh, lots of lots of great new plants. Just uh, got word from one of our suppliers. They've been working on uh, some new hydrangeas. So we got a couple new of these. There's some a little bit smaller ones of some of the ones that we've had before. So just because sometimes they get a little bit too big. So these are. These are kind of nice, so we're looking forward to seeing a new variation on the quick fire and the limelight. So, some lots of great, lots of great trees and shrubs booked, growing in our nurseries, ready to be coming into Calgary and uh, and be putting into your new yards and things. So, lots of things going on down at the garden center, and obviously all the garden centers. If you're uh, not able to and we're not able to travel obviously so if you need to get a little dose of tropical experience you can wander around the garden center and uh just feel like you're you're out in the tropics because it is pretty nice in there and it's uh nice and warm and so you get to enjoy the enjoy the weather and so it's pretty sweet and i already getting some text if you'd like to join me text and phone lines are wide open 403 nine seven four eight two five five or one eight hundred five six three seven 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 zero got one and uh just says hi merle i'm wondering what kind of pear it looks like it looks like a bit of a bigger pear so i'm gonna suggest it is a john or a paul pear there's a few of those that have been around for quite a while this one's down in inglewood and it's a big tree, and it's a it's a decent size pear. It's a little bit smaller than than the apple, but I think if you let that get going a little bit, it might get a little bit bigger. But to me, it looks like a one of the John or the Paul pears. Looks a little bit bigger than the Yuri, and he's he was just saying it's great tasting. The Yuri, I find they're good, but they're very gritty. Like a lot of our pears are 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 a little gritty that we grow here, but these. The Yuri is a little bit more, but the John and the Paul are awesome. They, If you leave them on there a little bit long, uh, they get just nice and juicy like a real pear. So, Well, they are real pears, just a little bit different varieties than what we get in the grocery stores and from our neighbors to the west. And it seems we're getting more varieties, and a lot of the nurseries and that in Canada do a really good job. They travel the world they try and find zone three areas zone four areas which we're we're zone 4a now that some of these plants will survive so we're starting to see like i was talking about earlier the hydrangeas or different plants that will survive in this area like if you want to grow a magnolia you can there's one that's if you have the right spot nice little um 
sheltered corner or something like that. You can actually grow a magnolia, ginkgo biloba. We've had those survive here for numerous years. Lots of great maples for the people from the east. So if you're if you're looking to push the zone, um, we're going to have a, a bit more of an area of that this year as well. So that way, well, because if we're going to be gardening lots, we might as well experiment a little bit and uh, and and push the zone. And again, I'd lots of people follow up on questions from last week. Um, we had when we had Dwight and he was and he was talking. Uh, we were doing the cannabis segment. So thanks for that I, again, Dwight, for doing that and. Uh, and uh, always a pleasure. We'll we'll make sure we chat again. But he was in yesterday, and we, we were chatting about he was growing. Uh, he grows tobacco outside as well, and just it's just kind of an amazing plant. How big? Like I said, these get like five six feet high. So I'm gonna see if I can get a bit more of the seed that I can sell um, on the retail basis because they're kind of a neat plant, even if you're to dry and smoke them. It takes like eight months, I guess, to, to do it properly. If you smoke them too early, you'll get, uh, you won't, it won't do you very good. You'll get pretty sick. So you got to be careful with it, but it's, it's kind of a neat plant and, uh, and it just gives you big foliage and to get something that big five to six weeks, it's kind of cool that, uh, that could be doing. Oh, that is a cool look of little plant. I just got a text and this this is a little bush I took a picture of at night. Do you know what it is? I do, but I'm uh, I'm stumped right now. Just give me a second. I'll do a little bit of research in my brain <laughs> and see if I can figure out what that is. And also got a few more uh, more amaryllis pictures, which is great. Hi, I sent this a few weeks ago. Just thought an update. Has seven flowers, one more coming. Thanks, Merle. Good show, Brian. Yeah, it was just wasn't getting enough water. Mine was doing the same. And I noticed you got three flower stalks, and mine is in yours is in an awesome little box, and it's growing kind of just without any soil, I don't think, unless there's some soil in that box. But mine was just, it wasn't going. I just couldn't get it. Just So I filled up the water about a little bit. So it was right touching the bulb itself. And then, man, as soon as it got that water, it just took off. So now I got three buds on this big amaryllis. hasn't opened yet, so it'll be kind of cool to see it when it gets going like crazy. So, And a couple things going to happen today. We're going to have Mark from Prune It Up. He's going to let us know what's going on with our trees out there, what we should be looking for, what to do, what not to do. And we're going to chat about our uh, couple new programs we have coming up in our tree department. And then, of course, Jen's going to call in around 945. And she has like, some uh, some great new plants into the into the greenhouse. So we're going to see what's hot in the greenhouse. Here we have some uh, jasmine and a couple hoyas left, which, man, it's been hard finding plants lately. It's just, it's just it's such a craze all over North America. And with the border being so tight, it's it's been a little tougher getting some of the stuff across the border. So we're we're working hard trying to find all that and see what we can do. And couple here's another text. Good morning. Can you give us some info on bougainvillea that can grow in Calgary? Info on care where to plant hours of sun would be most appreciated. Okay, bougainvillea. 
they they cannot they can grow them in the summertime i have a couple downstairs i i had them outside all summer long they grew awesome do think then i i brought them inside i took all the other annuals that i had mixed in there but i brought the bougainvillea inside and it's grown like four feet so it's quite a big vine so you can keep it um you can keep it pruned it does it does like like just a 2020 fertilizer but they they do grow really well there's one plant that kind of i call it the canadian bougainvillea and that's the very good there's a kiwi that if you have it in a really kind of a nice hot spot you'll get a pink tinge to the to the foliage which is it's pretty awesome there's a big one down at the zoo and 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 if you ever if you haven't um wandered the zoo's arboretum it's a great place to go and just make sure you take a notepad or your iphone or whatever just to take a couple notes and some pictures to see what's growing like there's a great big black walnut and at, last year we had walnuts in at the store but there's a huge one in their arboretum and they just do such a good job and most of the stuff is all labeled so you're able to see what it is so if you if you get a chance go wander the zoo go through the arboretum and uh and check all the great plant material they they do a really nice job down there so but as far as bougainvilleas they're strictly an annual plant for us but for what it's worth bring them inside after in the fall keep growing them as a house plant all, all winter the only thing you do you got to be careful of is spider mites and uh and white fly and that love the bougainvillea but they make a great house plant and uh and then you can move them back outside in again sort of from june to september similar to what i do with my lemon tree i, I some of the plants you, you move them in and out because they're just not quite hard enough we've warmed up global warming is treating us decent but not quite that good so anyways i am going to take a quick break and when I get back, I'm going to chat with Mark from Prune It Up. We're going to discuss trees in the Calgary area. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Let's Talk Gardening is brought to you by Spruce It Up, Calgary's year-round full-service garden center. Spruce it up, green it up, prune it up. We got you covered. So Thank you so much for that. And we're going to go to the phone line. We're going to chat with Ken. Good morning, Ken. Good morning, sir. How are you Anyways, today? I am doing really, really good. Anyways, in the fall awesome. time, last fall, we had your guys come out and prune my little apple, my apple tree. Yeah. It's, it's an apple tree that produces fruit every two years. So okay. when you guys came out this fall to prune it, it didn't produce its apples, of course. So it's the off year. Yep. Now, this spring, I'm expecting to get apples. Like, this is the year that it's going to produce apples. Will I get apples this year? You should. Uh, and and depending, I guess, depending on what type of pruning or how heavy they they went on it, um, I'm assuming that because uh, Mark and they don't – he wouldn't just, just top the whole thing. So you, I would say you should get that um, fruit. What type of apple is it? Do you know that you only get and buy every second year? Is it just... I, I, I couldn't tell you. It was here when I bought the house, and it's actually produced some really nice apples, especially for, you know, in your lunches and uh, eat, make an apple pie. I think it might be a sugar crisp type apple. Okay. Okay. I'm just, because uh, a lot of them, I'm just wondering, 
Um, I know there's a few that will do that um, like that, but I'm just wondering um, sometimes what varieties, because typically they should do it every year for the most part. So, yeah, um, like, like last fall we got, well, before you guys pruned it, we had like maybe maybe 20 apples at the most, but the prior to the year before that, <laughs> we got so many apples we didn't know what to do with them. <laughs> and it's been <laughs> nice. like that since I've been in the house, so it produces really good every second year. Awesome. Well, and if you do need to get rid of them, I know in those there's those cider companies, the local guys that uh, oh, yeah. are always looking for them. And if you give them so many, you get little credit vouchers towards cider. So that's not a bad thing either. Oh, good, good, because my uh, my fiance loves apple cider. There you go. Perfect. Okay, I will try that. Okay, thanks, so just ensure it. you feed it first thing in the spring. Uh, if if Mark doesn't have you on the deep root fertilizer program, if you if that's a great one. Or feed it with fifteen thirty fifteen. Just fifteen thirty fifteen. Yeah, you want to build up the phosphate to get it blooming first thing. Okay, I will do that, and that should be probably when the frost has gone out of the ground. Yeah, just when you just start seeing it, just pushing bud and stuff. Um, yep. When the ground's thawed, you can give it a good watering, and then give it a really good uh, shot of that fifteen thirty fifteen. Okay, then I will do that. Thank you very much, sir. Appreciate it. All right, it. take care. Thanks, Ken. Okay, bye bye. Bye bye. All right. And I'm going to go to the phone lines. I'm going to chat with Mark from Prune It Up. Good morning, Mark. Good morning, Merrill. How's it going? Good, good. You didn't uh, you didn't take too much off Ken's tree. Eh? He's going to get apples or what? <laughs> <laughs> no, he didn't take too much. He's uh, his tree. Yeah, definitely the year before he was saying was producing like crazy, um, but it was just getting really, really too big for for the location of the property. So get to. Uh, get that cut back and uh, once the tree recovers from and seals over from those cuts we did it's uh he's gonna have a good season the following year okay so mark so on apples like that do you do we try to prohibit them from going too far straight up and try and keep them a little bit more horizontal or with the apple trees or well so it, it depends on the size of your yard yeah so okay if, yeah for if, sure if you have if you have the space i mean um, and, and you're really wanting to do, uh, you're keeping a more natural tree. Um, you don't need to take the tops down, but if you want that apple production and, and you want more of that and it's easy, easier to access, then, then yeah, you want to do a reduction, but you don't want to top it. No. If you top it, the tree will get stressed out. Um, so, the, you know, the tree kind of tells the story on how much you can cut. Yeah. Um, and and we know that just from from our experience and coming in and, and doing this for as long as we have, right? It's it's, but you know, and like you were just discussing, you were having a call a discussion with a client, and they wanted you to come in and fix up their trees, um, and then you kind of critiqued what was done before, and I found out <laughs> that actually it was the homeowner that, but because it's hard to redo plant, like it takes it sometimes when you have to go in and fix a tree, sometimes it's it's tough though too, right? Like because you're gonna get a ton of suckers if it's pruned wrong. Also, you're gonna get a whole bunch of bad growth that isn't good for it. Yeah, so if you're if you're making too aggressive of a cut, the tree is gonna get stressed out and it's gonna sucker. So yeah, instead of having one top or a couple tops on, on the top of the tree, it's going to firecracker and it's going to throw out, say, five or six new new tops. Now, because those cuts weren't made properly, they're going to be weak attached. When we have some windstorms, those kind of snap off. 
So you, you kind of cause more of an issue than doing that proper reduction right off the start. So if you're just if, if you don't know what to look for on that, it's just just give us a shout. We'll come out. We kind of explain everything to you, tell you the limits of what we can do on that tree. Because if you go too heavy, it's almost <laughs> it, you're going to be waiting a few seasons for it to sucker back out, and then we have to come back in and do a thinning to kind of force it to to have that one or two tops again. Not yeah, not the fifty that you're going to get off it, right? I know there's somebody. It was on Elbow Drive, and I was driving by in the summertime, and someone. They hacked these. There was these gorge. There was a row of elm trees, and then oh. they had somebody in and like took, like reduced them by fifty percent. And it was just like it was just like I was almost got sick. I was just like, oh my god! Like they should have just been taken right down to the ground because it it's just so hard on that tree. And then you just see all the suckers going like crazy on it, and just like you can't keep a fifty foot tree to to twenty feet. No, like especially and, and, on the deciduous trees, right? Like they they'll just keep pushing to get back up there, right? Yeah, it's it was an old pruning practice. The tree gets too big, you cut it in half, you let it sucker back out, and just repeat it as it gets tall. That's way too stressful. That's why you're getting dieback. That's why you're getting trunk rot. There's there's just so many issues you can get from doing it. So, you know, that's the the, the thing is is if you can get on a regular pruning schedule. Uh, deciduous trees every three years, uh, your conifers every five, you're not stressing the trees out as often. So, 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 you, so is that what you recommend, Mark? Like sort of typically once you get a tree healthy, sort of every three years? So, yeah, your first time you come in, you help the tree get some structure. Um, you know, you kind of start to shape it for the future. And then, you know, that three-year rotation for the deciduous. Um, some people do prefer, like, you know, the really tight, tightly shaped trees. If you like that, you're doing it more often. Um, yeah. But if you just like a nice natural tree, I mean, you have a, a, a new property and you just planted it every three years, just come in. It's going to be a little bit of structure, you know, a little bit of light shaping, uh, some dead wood, that sort of stuff. Um, and just keeping it the right size. But if you wait, you know, five or six years or wait until the tree is super full and, and it's, it's almost going to be too much. And you, if you can keep on that three-year rotation, you'll keep your cost down. It'll be less stressful for trees. It's, you, you end up looking at your tree more often so you can kind of see if something is going on with it that's not looking right because you're, you're keeping an eye out and you, and you have that in the back of your mind every three years. No, awesome. Um, well, Mark, I'm going to say goodbye for now. It's the end of the half hour. But next week, actually, let's chat. We'll talk about feeding. We talk about pruning every three years. But next week, we have some exciting stuff happening in our Green It Up department, which you're going to be. Um, 100%, yeah. And then, so let's, next week, we'll have some more information. We're going to share it with everybody on what we're going to be doing with the Green It Up. And uh, until then, thanks so much, Mark. Look Stay safe. Thanks, bro. You have a All right. Good rest Keep the ropes day. tight, Tay. All right. All right. And I'm going to take a quick break for the news you're listening to. Let's talk gardening on 770 CHQR. Partly cloudy and minus 10 in downtown Calgary. Good morning from Global News. It's 930. I'm Madeline DeBellis.
Effective today, the country's four major airlines, Air Canada, WestJet, Sunwing and Air Transat, have agreed to suspend service to Mexico and the Caribbean in an effort to slow the spread of COVID-19 until at least April 30th. Canada's national COVID-19 death toll has surpassed 20,000. The milestone was reached after uh, today after Quebec reported 31 new fatalities related to the virus. Meanwhile, Ontario is reporting 1,848 new cases, as well as 43 more deaths from the virus. And Calgary police are investigating two violent incidents that took place early Saturday morning. A man was shot near Olympic Plaza, sustaining serious injuries, followed by a man stabbed 20 minutes later at the Sheldon Schumier Health Centre. Police believed the two incidents are related and no arrests have yet been made. Clearing today with a high of plus four. Tonight, clear low minus three and tomorrow, sunny conditions and a high of plus seven. And right now it's minus 10. Breaking news when it happens. Our next scheduled news at 10 o'clock. I'm Madeline DeBellis. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Earl Coombs. And if you'd like to join me, phone lines are wide open, 403-974-8255 or out of town, 1-800-563-7770. Right now I'm going to go to the text line. got quite a few texts to read off here. And Amaryllis, and those are ones that most of us had here through the Christmas season or still have, like I was saying earlier, mine's just just getting to the blooming stage, which is, is which is actually kind of nice because during Christmas you have poinsettias and you have everything else going on. So it's kind of nice. Looking forward to seeing some color come through. Um, Amarillo's question. They are done blooming. I am feeding with 105210 to recharge the bulb until March. Then we'll let dry and die back. Do I remove from the pot and knock off all the dirt? Put in some moss in a box and keep in a cool, dark spot. That's really what, that's kind of the best. And if you're using a soilless mix, you can leave the soil on if you want. But I always like to knock off the, some of the soil, put it into some cocoa moss or something just in a, in a cardboard box or an old cooler or something. Just put it in, a, in that cool, dark spot. Let it recharge. Let it go into its dormant period for that. Uh, and and you, like, leave it till November or whatever, if you like, or October, November. Or some people like to put them in, in the garden and grow them in the garden, let them do a little episode of blooming through the garden and uh, and then do another cycle towards Christmas. So um, you could do that too because sometimes when you get outside, it gets that – it really helps build the bulb up nice and big and you can get those uh, great big massive bulbs. Mine is – it's kind of weird. I haven't seen this one like this before. It's sending out almost growing another bulb already. Um, while it's doing it. So I'm kind of curious to see what it's going to do here, if it's going to send out a whole nother plant. And and it's But it's hard when you get one that has, like it has three bloom stalks right now, and I'm growing it in that vase with water. So there's nothing holding it up. So just trying to deal with that. So Pat, you're doing exactly everything right. Just put it in that cool spot and then either leave it till next year, till sort of that October, November, or just leave it till uh, until spring. And uh, give it a try outside. And I'm just trying to find that one picture I had. I gotta, I gotta remember to go back and uh, respond to it. Here, I got one more text here. Any idea what kind of tree this is? 
I planted it as a two-fit about 15 years ago. I was told it was a Norway pine, but I don't think from the pics I've Googled. Um, it, it, it actually looks, I don't think it's a Norway pine, but it does look in it, but it's not a bristle cone. I can't really see. I'm trying to get a little bit closer picture of it. It, it looks like a columnar, like a columnar scotch pine is what I'm thinking it is. It looks like that could be a mountain pine as well. It's, but it doesn't quite look as the lighting of it. If you, yeah, it's a great looking tree though. It's kind of nice because it doesn't grow really fast if you planted it that long ago and it's just, it's just doing really nicely in that bed. I'm going to suggest it's a, it depends on the light. It could be a limber pine as well, which looks very close to that. So we do bring in quite a few of those pines, the ornamental pines, because they're nice in Calgary because they don't take off and take over your garden like the big old Colorado spruce, things like that. Like those blue spruce, they're very tough. But I don't think it's the Norway pine, to be honest. Like I just think it's a it's a limber pine or and if you could get just a little bit of a closer picture of it in, in just a good light, um, cause there, when you just look at the needles, um, it's a little easier or in the springtime, just take a good picture, bring it down, um, to the store and, uh, and see what it is. And we should be able to help you out. And there we go. Good morning. We cut down our coral forester's grass last spring but maybe a little late. They never really came back as strong as they did the year before. I cut them down at the end of summer. Do you do you think they'll come back this year? They should. Like, Carl Forsters are almost bulletproof. I like to leave them all winter and then cut them back. Um, just when I start seeing green come up, I just cut them right off at, down to the ground, and then they usually just come up like crazy. I've just seen so many. It's just nice to get that winter interest in your yard over the winter time because it is like it's we got september october november december january february march not to remind everybody how long it is but it's kind of nice when you get some winter interest out in the yard so carl's are usually that one I, the only thing i would think is just ensure it's getting enough water and and maybe give it a good shot of, of fertilizer just to get it going and do a 15 30 15 or something like that um, just to get the roots going really nicely, and uh, and you can even sprinkle some of our greened up lawn fertilizer around it. Just don't put it too heavy; like don't drop a handful just on it. Just sprinkle it around it and work it into the soil. But I would give it a shot of fertilizer, and that's with any of our trees and shrubs. Our soil really has not a lot of nourishment in it, so fertilizing is really important first thing in the spring. Um, whether it's an all-purpose twenty twenty twenty, or if you're doing the deep root fertilizing like with mark with pruned up something like that it, it does make a difference i like i said i i've just seen it go crazy i have a couple of big willows in my backyard and prune them nice did the deep root last year just seen a big big difference in that uh, in the results here we go we got a tropical plant question good morning my monstera is struggling i cleaned it up found the stalk itself is not rooted it's something like eight off the base. The air roots are the only thing keeping it alive. I piled the dirt 
I I piled the dirt up around the stock, hoping to the stocks will catch. Um, what I would do is I would take the whole thing out of the pot, and I did this with a pothos the other day. In that we had a couple pole pothos with the great big monster leaves, and we're looking at it. And it just it just didn't look right to me. Like I'm fairly fortunate, I can not only to say I talk to plants, but I can look at a plant and I can tell if it's what's sort of going on. It's not happy. So this this pothos was looking at me just saying, hey, I'm not very happy. So I brought it up. I was going to just repot it into a bigger pot. But once I took it out of the pot, I just touched the roots and all the root, all the soil fell off it in the greenhouse. So there's just these tiny little pot, little root hairs left. So what I did is I just put it back into the same pot put all new potting soil and I just use our spruce it up all purpose mix, put that around it. And then I watered it in like with a rage plus, like this is something that's really good for the roots. And, and that's what the rage plus is good for too. If you're sometimes your plants aren't doing good, it really helps rebuild the tissue in your plants and, and gets it going. So it's really just starting to perk up. It had no roots and it's trying to survive these great big foliage. And that's the same with your monstera. If they have big leaves and if there's no root system to support it. So give that a try. Like take it right out of the pot, just shake the roots, get some new soil and just put that around it. And, uh, and then use something like the rage plus that really just concentrates on the roots. And then that should make a big difference. Hopefully that helps. And uh, right now, I better take a break, and then we'll come back, and we're going to chat with Jen and see what's hot in the greenhouse there. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Earl Coombs. And we're going to go to the phone line and chat with Jen. She's down in the in the hot tropical house on vacation down at Spruce It Up. <laughs> on vacation. Are you getting a tan? Are you getting uh, yeah. a tan through that? I'm working on it. I'm working on it. These longer days are helping out for sure. Doesn't it feel good, eh? Already, yeah, like great. you can. The, the days are are changing, and then yesterday, just gorgeous day. The sun was out. Warm air. Beautiful. Oh, it's fantastic. And actually, we have had people, and I know we talk about this, I think, every weekend, but specifically the last few days, I've noticed people coming in just to just to be in there, that, you know, yeah. smell it and have the warm air. And yeah, it's awesome. Well, the humidity's nice. You walk through, you have nice plants, and it's, there's lots of room. So there's, you're doing the physical distancing, which is important, as we all know. And so there's lots of room. You wander up and down the aisles. You get a little bit of this, that smell of the tropics. Mm -hmm. And then you got your little uh, Jimmy Buffett Margaritaville down the back corner. <laughs> that or the, the Gypsy Kings. So we get a little dance going. That's, uh, that's, that's, our, that's our Chris favorite. So, uh -oh. yeah, you sure. should do a chonga line. Eh? When you get people every six feet apart, do a chonga line all the way down around the tropical house. Okay. That, that would be a good TikTok for us. Um, I hope Jess is listening and she can tune in. We'll do Actually, that. I love that one. Yeah, yeah. That'll be good. All yeah. right. Let's, okay. let's get to work. Let's get let's to work. Get to what work do we got? Well. Um, we we got lots of new fun things in, actually. Um, I, the one that I think is really cool that I have one left of is that wasabi, japonica, the wasabi plant. Um, okay. I've, yeah, that's that's in, and people have been um, loving that and commenting on that. So I, I've never seen that in myself. So 
I think that's a that's a cool one to have. Um, so is that where wasabi comes from? Yeah, this one it's it's you can harvest it, you can use it. It's you can use every part of it. Um, yeah. Is the, is where's the is it okay? And I'm sorry, I have no idea on this one. So I'm like I'm this brand new on this one. What like was what is it a fruit or is it do you eat the root or do you? Yeah. Okay. Well, you're, you're challenging me on that one too, because I'm not, I, I love wasabi myself. And my understanding is you get it from the stem. Um, okay. so, right. So in the garden, which I think would be difficult to grow here in Calgary, I, I'm not sure. Um, but in the garden, um, yeah, you would need to harvest it the second year and, um, you would get it from the stem is my understanding. I don't know enough about it, only that I love it. And I just like that it's in the greenhouse right now. <laughs> No, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, so, what else did you get? You're getting lots of people asking for... Well, those Hoyas, my goodness. The Hoyas, they come in, they go out. Um, I do have a couple of more still downstairs. Um, the Princess, I believe. We had the Hindu Rope and we had uh, the Pubic Calyx, which some plant people actually do know all of those varieties of their Hoyas. But otherwise, um, for example, we had a, a Grace. She was looking for just a Hoya, any Hoya. So we, we got some of those in. Um, what else did we get? Oh, the best part I think too in the old trop house is the smell from the jasmine because we have some four inch jasmine we have some hanging basket jasmine and they're blooming and they smell incredible it's just awesome having them there so it's it, and there's and for some reason they've bred the um the smell out of some plants but it's sure nice when you get like the jasmine oh. or the gardenias things like that where you mm-hmm. can get that real fragrance yes and because I know it's like even outside of kind of the roses, it seemed like they've almost bred the smell out of some of them. And oh, they're really? just not as fragrant anymore. My old favorite, and I always get flashbacks when I think of roses when I was growing, <laughs> um, sterling silver. is a It's a gorgeous, it's a blue silver rose. But man, was it it's so fragrant. And because we used to bring them all in bare root. We'd get them going in our hothouse. We'd just get, create like a sweat house. Get oh, we wow. get our roses going, and but then that sterling silver was always my favorite. It's just like this smells huh. awesome. Really? So yeah. Anything else you got smelly in there? <laughs> um, well, I like to think we all smell pretty good, but um, smelly <laughs> not yet because I mean we we do get gardenia in from time to time. I do know that. Um, yeah. So not just yet, but um, but lots of cool other things. I think the the goldfish and the lipstick plants. We do have goldfish hanging baskets in right now. We've had we've been getting the lipstick regularly, but it's nice to see the goldfish in. People look for those guys. Um, we have some awesome crown of thorns, which is. I think a pretty easy one to grow, and it grows relatively quickly. It's in flowers; it doesn't have scent, but um, okay. that's a really pretty one. So, yeah, there's all there's. Oh my gosh, there's so much, and I know we're getting more actually next week. So <laughs> we need to make room for them. But uh, yeah, awesome. Yeah, Merle. I and one of the things I wanted to comment on. I, I know I sent you a message about it, but a lot of people they come in and they they're nervous about getting a particular plant because they tell me they don't have bright direct light. I think, I'm not sure um, when I talk to them, they think that the sunlight needs to be shining on the plant. And that's not necessarily the case for a majority of the plants, actually. Some no, of them absolutely love it, not. right? Yeah. Yeah. So they don't, they don't need to have that. And so, you know, we've been talking to a lot of people about lighting and, and sort of the fact that, hey, you can, you can shop for a lot in here if, if you like. You don't have to have it right on the leaves. And in fact, a lot of them prefer not to. So 
Yeah, and but if you do want to supplement, we, like you have the bulbs, like, mm -hmm. and that's the. But you have to make sure it's a full spectrum. And the Sun Blaster, from what I hear from a lot of people, um, is one of the better brands that you're getting a really nice light. And so if you have, and they fit into any lamp, you can just a screw in bulb. Yeah. But it yeah. gives you that real date, the real sunlight in your house. And if you put that close to your plant, um, if you are a real shady house, um, and so that's something that will definitely help get your um, get the bright light. No, oh, it's true. No, and yeah, that one I can speak from experience too, because we've used we use them here in the trap house, and the difference yeah. has been amazing and very visible um, in a rather quick amount of time. And same thing in my house. I bought those because I love them so much here at the greenhouse. I put them in my house, and I have new growth on my cactus. I I've, I can't believe just watching it happen. It's unbelievable. It's a fantastic light. Plus, they're good for you. You get that real daylight. It helps with uh, with your uh, self, you know, and it gives your body that natural light, and it's oh, uh, yeah it's supposed to be really good for you. Yeah. So who knows? Folding chair and Jimmy Buffett, so, right? So you have no reason to be to. You're just happy. Everything. You got sunshine all day long in the greenhouse. <laughs> you got lights. You got plants. You got good people. So, yeah. It's, there you we go. Have dogs. It's you know. It's just the best place to hang out. So sure. many dogs. Eh? Yesterday too. I noticed yeah. like in the last few days, like a lot of people bringing their dogs in for just a cruise around the store, and we Absolutely. welcome do dogs. Yeah. Obviously, just hopefully they're behaved and things like that but it's uh it's it's just awesome and uh it so. is yeah it is and bunnies we had a rabbit in here a few months ago too and uh <laughs> yeah it was a pet rabbit it was awesome so yeah oh nice yeah. all right well thanks jen so you now we it. know what's hot in the tropos come down and see jen and uh go for a walk and just enjoy a little vacation and if you find her jimmy buffett margaritaville in the back <laughs> she might even share one with you all right <laughs> go. Thanks, thanks jen Merle. Bye now. All right. Take care. All right. We got to take a break. And when we get back, we'll go to the phone calls. We got a couple people waiting online. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. Emerald Kim's going to go to the phone line. We're going to go to Carrie. Good morning, Carrie. Hi. Hi there. How how oh. can I help you? How are you this morning? I'm doing great. You know, like it's uh, I got to watch the sunrise come up. I was sitting here getting ready for the show. Now just looking outside, seeing the great blue sky. So pretty good. Pretty good. Great day in Calgary. <laughs> Absolutely. How can I help um, you? I have a, I think it's a columnar aspen. I know it's a columnar aspen. I think it's about 16 years old. Okay. And in the last couple of years, um, so it's a, it's a two main branch, like it's a bifurcating main stem at the bottom. Yep. And so one of the main stems has slowly started to die off from the top down. From, okay. Uh, it looks like an, an old injury of the tree. And and that will happen with that with the because the aspens are quite a softwood too. So that's when like when talking with Mark earlier about improper pruning or sometimes when people top things, and especially on some of the softwoods like aspens and things of that, or you end up getting damage or hail damage or bird damage, it opens it up for disease. So if it gets in there, it can spread, and it just seems to 
it'll just die from the top down and slowly work its way down the branch. So if should I cut that that main branch I, off? Yeah, I would take it right down to a spot like and just if you can get it so it'll heal properly. Um, and typically, sort of right down to where the where the two are splitting. Hopefully, yeah, right without seeing, yeah. But you might need to go a bit higher. It's just hard, and, and something like that, you might want to use a product called like lac balsam. It's a bark replacement, and it's the okay. only one I'd ever do. We typically don't recommend putting pruning paint or anything on your on your branches when you when you do pruning. But lac balsam is a breathable bark replacement. So that might be a case where it needs it to help it heal over. Okay. And and some of like that too, if you don't feel comfortable, be you can give Mark a shout. He'll come by and give you a free estimate, or even just chat with you about it. And right. And uh, if you need it done, he'll be more than happy to look after it. Okay. Can I ask you a right. question about creeping? Of course. Curry? Yeah. How do you get rid of it? <laughs> um. It, what you want to do is really get like start with a good lawn fertilizer program too. So our greened up lawn fer fertilizer will definitely help. It'll help. I don't have any grass. It's just all creeping Charlie. Oh, okay. So like in your flower beds and stuff and shrub yeah. beds. Unfortunately, it's just cultivating and picking it out early when it's small is the okay. best. Like one of those three pronged cultivators, and yep. just just do it when it's small and just keep on it. You can use Killex on it. And just be careful that you're not spraying your other plants. But that's the thing is just do it when it's small and you just got to just work at it. And when you pull it up, just pull those ones out. And before it gets to that where it pollinates itself and starts to rebloom. So you just got to – it's just a, a little bit of labor, unfortunately. Okay. Alrighty. Thank Thanks, Gary. So have a good Take day. care. Have a great – you too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right, I got to take a break for the news. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. A mix of sun and cloud and minus 10 in downtown Calgary. Good morning from Global News. It's 10 o'clock. I'm Madeline DeBellis. Canada's COVID-19 death toll has reached the grim milestone of 20,000. This comes after Quebec reported today 31 deaths related to the virus. Quebec also adds 1,223 new cases. Meanwhile, in Ontario, 1,848 new cases of COVID-19 were added today, as well as 43 deaths. The city is considering holding a plebiscite during the October municipal election on whether the residential speed limit should be lowered from 50 kilometres an hour to 40 kilometres an hour. Global's Adam McVicker reports. City administration is recommending against that idea. Now, city administration is recommending council vote to reduce the unposted speed limit on residential streets to 40 kilometers per hour, while posting most collector roadways at 50 kilometers per hour. According to a city report, there's an average of 9,100 collisions in Calgary neighborhoods, with an average of 550 resulting in injury. Now, reducing the speed limit is seen as the first step at reducing the number of crashes and how often they happen. The debate goes to council tomorrow. Calgary police are investigating two violent incidents that took place early yesterday morning. A man was shot around 1.20 a.m. near Olympic Plaza, sustaining serious injuries. About 20 minutes later, police received a call about a man at the Sheldon Chumier Health Centre in critical condition from stab wounds. He was transferred to the Foothills Hospital, where his condition has since improved. Police believe the two incidents are related. No arrests have yet been made. 
Yesterday, Alberta reported 11 more COVID-19-related deaths and 383 new cases of the virus from the past day. Global's Courtney Davidson reports on the latest update the day after the province announced easing of some restrictions. The positive cases came from 10,377 new tests over a 24-hour period, giving a provincial positivity rate of 3.8%. Seven of the deaths reported Saturday were in the Edmonton zone, and all of the cases included comorbidities. There were two deaths in the Calgary zone, a man in his 70s with unknown comorbidities, and a second man in his 70s whose death was linked to the outbreak at Intercare Southwood and whose case did include comorbidities. Two other deaths were in the north zone. On Friday, the province announced the easing of restrictions starting February 8th, including the reopening of restaurants for in-person dining and the reopening of gyms, but just for one-on-one training. Courtney Davidson, Global News. Effective today, four of Canada's major airlines have suspended service to Caribbean destinations and Mexico until April 30th. The move comes in effort to slow the spread of COVID-19 and its variants, especially during the popular travel time of spring break. Air Canada, WestJet, Sunwing and Air Transat have agreed to the measure, which will see service halted to those sun destinations. Air Transat has completely suspended all of its routes, including to Europe, until the end of April. And the City of Calgary is being sued by the company that wants to redevelop the former Highland Park Golf Course. Carolyn Curry-DiCastillo reports. In 2017, City Council first approved a Vancouver-based developer's plan to build over 2,000 residential units on the site of the former Inner City Golf Course pending the results of a groundwater study. Two years ago, the Confederation Creek Drainage Study was released. It found the project poses a risk to public safety from flooding. It put the future of the condo project into question and confirmed concerns that many residents had been raising for years. Now Highland Park Developments is suing the city for $113 million, saying the city provided misleading, inaccurate, or inconsistent information about stormwater drainage. The past president of the Highland Park Community Association calls the lawsuit disappointing and says the buyer should be responsible for due diligence. The drainage report recommended that the city buy a portion of the land slated for development, as well as construction of infrastructure that would control flooding. The city of Calgary said it has received the statement of claim and is reviewing it. Carolyn Curry, De Castillo, Global News. Taking a look at sports, the Edmonton Oilers, Calgary Flames and Vancouver Canucks were all winners in North Division action last night. Connor McDavid scored twice, including the overtime winner in a 4-3 win over the Toronto Maple Leafs. Jacob Markstrom got to celebrate his 31st birthday with a 37-save shutout on the Montreal Canadiens. Finally, Brock Bozer scored twice in a 4-1 Canucks win over the Winnipeg Jets. Edmonton and Ottawa will play each other later tonight at 7. Global News Sky Tracker weather today's high plus four in clearing conditions this afternoon. Tonight, low of minus three. Tomorrow, sunny and a high of plus seven. Right now, it's minus 10. Breaking news when it happens. Our next scheduled update at 10.30. I'm Madeline DeBellis. Welcome back to Lesnar Gardening. Emerald Coombs going to go right to the phone line. We're going to chat with Bernie. Good morning, Bernie. Good morning, Merle. Um, How are you doing? Good, good. Can you hear me okay? Yep. Okay, good. Um, nice talking to you, Merle, fellow Bonesian here. Um, awesome. Listen, it's a question about taking uh, cuttings from geraniums. And yeah. I, I heard you speaking to a lady from the Horde Club a couple months ago, but I just got into the middle of your conversation. So 
Um, the issue is uh, I've taken a number of cuttings this year, again, the old traditional way, when you lop them off yeah. in late September before frost. And yeah. they're doing good. Uh, I lost about 30%, which I do every year. But the issue with this is, um, you know, you're babysitting these things for six or seven months before you put them outside again. <laughs> Absolutely. And that's to be why I, I don't, and I even, I was talking to some people in the store yesterday just about starting seeds. Like a lot of growers, like when I was the head grower down at Sunnyside down in Bonas there, I, we used to start seeding January 2nd. And yeah. it's just the only reason we started so early though is because we, we just didn't have enough time to get through to grow everything. By the time we got to May, we, we just had only so many days to do everything. So that's the reason we started sort of. So we'd start with pansies on January 2nd, but April 1st, we'd put them outside and freeze them. Like they would go right outside, freeze solid. We'd wow. throw pink vigoro on them, and they'd stay out there, and they'd just, just almost stand still for like two or three weeks until you got till mid-April, a little closer to May. Then all of a sudden they'd kick in and start growing again. And then, But they'd be the best pansies because they'd be climatized. And yeah. and this thick, so I still do that ritual at the store at Spruce. I we have a planter out front, and we plant pansies out there always the first week in April. It's just sort of a tradition I had from when I was a kid and growing up in this business. So I continue that. But same thing with geraniums. Like if you start them September, so what I would typically do is just bring your plants in, cut them back a bit in September, and grow just the, your stock plants as as house plants for a while and then when you get to january like right now or a bit earlier is take about a third off the top like cut them back and then let them just push a whole bunch of new growth at that time so when you get to mid-february um early march is then you take your cuttings because then it's all really nice new soft tissue culture and you can just and then you can just take really nice cuttings at that point and root them in and then you almost get a hundred percent success rate because there's a lot more light and 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 then you're not babysitting a whole bunch of little plants and it's hard to grow geraniums through the winter when you're starting out through those darker months right it's just you end up they, they just don't dry out it just takes forever yeah. And you end up with a bunch of root rot and and things like that that just flop over on you. So right. that would be my recommendation is just hold off a bit. Okay. And we do have a product by Evolve. It's called Seedling and Seed Starter. Uh-huh. And it's really good for cuttings because it, it really helps build the cell wall because there used to be a product we used to be able to get was called No Damp. And okay. we'd use it on on some of our seedlings and I'd use it on geraniums because it would get rid of, you wouldn't get that end rot. Okay. But this, this stuff really helps. It's, it's by evolve and it's a seedling, seedling and, and, and seed starter and you water it in. It's a water soluble product, but right. it really helps build the tissue up in the plant. And, uh-huh. and uh, so that would be my issue. And if that helped with what you were going to ask. Yeah, that, that's, I heard that part, but I thought she also said there's another uh, method of doing this now that uh, where you actually take the entire plant out of the pot in the fall before frost, and yep. no, I may have misheard this, and you kind of knock the dirt off, the roots, and then you just uh, take these plants, keep them in a cool, cool dark place in the basement, uh, yep. 
keep the roots a little bit damp. I imagine you wrap them in paper or burlap or something. You, you know? No, you actually just let them dry right out. You just let them, they just almost go dormant in the basement. So I think you can even leave it right in the pot. I've heard some people say they hang them upside down. Oh, is that um, right? Yeah, but I would just, from what I hear, you can just put it in the pot, leave it just dried out, just stick it in a cool, dark place down in the basement, and just let it sit there. What, and what? then when you bring it up in sort of ge- end of January, right about now, yeah, it'll and just cut it back a bit, and then it starts growing again. I haven't done that one myself, but okay. I've heard people doing it with so good you, success. It, and Kath has done that. So, so you're saying when you bring them in the house, knock the dirt off? Or, or? No, I would just they just I think they just leave the dirt, leave it right in the pot, and just oh, okay. stick the whole thing down in a cool, dark place and let it go dormant. Ah. And uh, and uh, and then you bring it back up. And then revitalize it and get it going again. Okay. okay. All right. Thank you very much, Merle. Really appreciate it. No, you're very welcome, and uh, thanks for calling. Okay. Enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you as well. Bye-bye. All right. And I got enough time. I'm going to go to the phone. We're going to chat with Brian. Good morning, Brian. How are you doing, Merle? Good, good. How are you? Very well, thank you. It's uh, always an interesting good. day, Belly. <laughs> nice, nice. Hey, just uh, more of an accolade call, uh, Merle. Just wanted to really thank you for uh, and Dwight for putting those seeds aside for Reeve and I. We haven't tried the Guajillo peppers before. Nice. So we're definitely looking forward to that and uh, really appreciate it. And uh, funny enough, Vegas has changed your mind again. So I hope you got clay pots in stock. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we just got a bunch in. I know Zoe has a bunch coming. And uh, and Dwight's looking forward to trying the HP sauce. I've told him it's very good. So. Fabulous. We well, hope you enjoy yours as well. But uh, yeah, we just Absolutely. want to thank you. What a great, uh, what a great forum you got here, bro. Really helps the community. All right. Thanks, Brian. Thanks. Take care, bud. Bye. All right. And uh, and uh, yeah, it's very nice. I'm very fortunate with our callers, and uh, and uh, we all become part of the show, and it's kind of fun, and uh, and get to know people, and they love people come in and say hi. They hear my voice, and. Uh, and at the store, they can. I'm a little bit more recognizable, and so it's kind of fun. It's uh, we have a lot of fun. So thanks to everybody who calls in, and we we share moments, and and we tr- and I don't want to be a put together everybody for seeds back and forth. It's hard to coordinate that, but the odd time we get some. So Dwight had uh, some of these hot pepper seeds. He had heard that uh, Brian wanted to try some, so we hooked them up and we we got them set with some seeds. So lots of fun. All right, got some text here. Hi, Merle. I have an orchid, and all the flowers dried out and fell off. A card came with it saying, water with two ice cubes once a week. I did. No, once a week, and I did. How do I get it to flower again? And some of the roots are shriveled and brown. Well, that will happen with them. And sometimes the ice cube, it it does work. I've heard that method. Just when it's done blooming, you don't cut off that stem. I know some of the directions say to cut off the flower stem. I just let it die back up to a point. You'll see uh, you'll get two or three inches of brown on the end. That I just cut off the brown part on the stem. And then just keep it in the same light and sort of do – you can do the ice cube thing. But every so often, if you have it in a good drainage or a good orchid pot, I like to take it into the sink and just – just really give it a good flushing, let all the water go through the whole thing, and then just hydrate it that way once in a while as well. Um, but I know lots of people swear by the ice cube, and uh, and so by all means, yeah, do that. I have a, In my mind, I have a hard time doing it with the ice cube because there's just not too many ice cubes in uh, 
in the tropical jungles where the orchids are. So in my head, I have a hard time with it. But anyways, um, hopefully that works. Feed with 153015, and it will be great for you. It should bloom again on that same stock. It takes a bit of time. I know at the garden center right now, we just got probably six or seven that were blooming a month or two ago. And Jen just got them all blooming again right now. So it's, it's just great. And they're just, you got twice as many blooms now. So orchids are one of your best purchases too, sometimes for flowering because you're going to get two or three months out of them and they'll just keep blooming and they're not, they're not high maintenance. They're just, they're, they're ones that actually do well if you just ignore them a little bit and, uh, and, um, they'll, they'll actually perform quite well for you. I'm going to take a quick break. If you'd like to join me when we come back, you can call the phone line 403-974-8255 or 1-800-563-7770. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Ro Coombs. going to go to the phone line and we're going to chat with Bernice. Good morning, Bernice. Yeah, good morning. How are you today? I'm doing great. How are you? Oh, pretty good. I have a How lemon tree you? that it, okay. I got it about I don't know, say six months ago, something like that. It's okay. in a pot eight inches across, seven inches, seven to eight inches high. Yeah. And it's real it's about the plant itself is about seventeen inches high. And it's okay. starting starting to branch out with bigger leaves than that so i'm wondering if it needs to be repotted i would definitely repot it and and the citrus plants love to be in a a little bit of a taller cylinder style pot Mm -hmm. um and clay if you can like a ceramic or a clay of some sort with good drainage do you have those pots in stock absolutely absolutely okay yep you can go really nice terracottas or we have some glazed pottery as well that will do that really well and then when you get it going they like to be fed with 30 10 10 that's what i feed it with once a month perfect yeah and you're getting the big leaves Perfect. And when you're getting the big leaves, that's good. Those are like the solar panels, so you should start seeing some budding pretty soon, too. So where do the buds come out at? Right more on the tops of all the branches. Okay, okay. Yeah, and they're really fragrant, so you, you should start seeing those when we get a bit more sunlight here. I have here. it on my kitchen table, and it's, it's between two windows, one from the north and one from the east, and it gets Perfect. lots of sun. Could Perfect. I set it in, I have a deck that's facing east, would it be all right in there or would it get enough uh, sun? In, in the summertime, it, it's fine. Like you're talking outside for the summer? Oh, no, no, no. I'm talking about inside right now. So I didn't have to have it on the kitchen table. Yeah, you can. If, if, if it's decent, as long as it feels bright enough for it, right? But they do like a bit more sunshine. So well, they, that's they why do I've got pref- it sitting here. Uh, do you repot them there if I wanted to bring it Absolutely. in? Absolutely. Absolutely. Just okay, make sure and do it on a warm day. Just, yeah. yeah. <laughs> The next couple. What yeah, I've the got next couple it in days. is a bowl with little rocks, and then I've got sort of a container in the middle, so it's up sitting up out of the rock. Yep. not sitting in water. That's perfect. Yep. No, you're building humidity. 
Um, so that'll work great. Yeah, but if you if you bring it in, just make sure you bring it in. Like, don't bring it in when it's really cold, like on these couple warm days. No, I, I'm thinking about in March sometime if yeah. my daughter can get here. <laughs> yeah, we'd, we'd, we'd love to repot that for you, no yeah, problem. Yeah, so I think that that's all. In the summertime, I, in my deck is facing north. And it does have the wall on the west side, and it gets pretty hot out there during the morning. Yeah, what it, it loves is, is being that outside. All right with it? Yeah, I, I have mine out facing west, and it loves it. Like that's and honestly, this year I probably had, like I said, thirteen, fourteen lemons on it. I it loves being to you outside. Every Sunday morning, so I know. I yeah, it, it loves the sun. Loves being outside, and. Uh, so absolutely. So how big a pot would I put it in? Um, it's in the, how big is the pot now? You about said about seven, about eight inches across. It yeah, I'd probably seven, go to a, I'd go probably to a 12 or 14 inch. So then that way you're good for a while. You don't have to, you won't have to do it again for a long time. And just ordinary potting soil. Yep, just a good potting soil. And we will do that for you if you, if you do that, like we have the, we use the spruce it up blend. Okay. Um, all purpose. Well, I'll, and, try and, I'll try and get somebody to take me out there to get that done. Is there a special day for that? No, any 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 of the days. You just bring it in, and one of the girls there will look after you. Okay, that would be great. All right, thank, thank you very you. much. All right, bye bye. Thanks, bye Bernice. All right, and I think I got enough time here. Actually, no, I got to take. Did I take my break, Emily? At the twenty. All right, I'm going to go to Pete. I'm going to go to Peter. Hi, Peter. Question for you. I had a uh, an orchid, yeah, and it was in a small pot, one of those double pots, like with a cage on the inside. And so, anything, any water you put in, the water would drain through the cage and sit in the bottom of the of the outer container. Yeah. Uh, anyways, it um, it 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 wasn't doing too well. And when I pulled the inner container out one day, I took a look, and the roots were starting to grow out of the out of out of the holes and they were looking a little rotten so yeah anyways i picked up we replaced some new stuff and what have you and you said well it's a 50 50 chance on how this thing is going to work yeah. um and a, a bottle of really stinky fertilizer that you had rage plus well whatever it is all my plants in the house are doing fantastic except for this orchid so okay, i put it, it in this i put it in this new pot bigger yeah and it's starting to turn yellow, and I'm just wondering: is too much water? Uh, not enough water? Too much sun? Not too much? Sun? It, yeah, too much isn't good for the orchid. Like they can go a couple weeks. Um, and did you get the orchid mark bark for that? Yep. Okay. Yeah, yep. just um, just ensuring that, like, sort of, how often you've been watering that? Well, about once every two weeks. But there's residual okay. water in the outer container. Okay, I would just, I would like in the residual. I just watch that it's not hitting the roots or anything. Like, no, nope, no, nope, it's not hitting okay. the roots. Okay, because that's that's the only thing that worries me. Um, are you able to text a picture to the same phone line? Sure. Yeah, if you don't mind, send me a picture and I'll have a quick look at that, Peter, and then I'll respond on that. It's just, just wouldn't mind just having a quick look at what you got going on. I might be able to offer a bit better advice. Okay. All right. Thanks, Thank Peter. You. Bye-bye. Bye. All right. I'm going to go to Leonard. Good morning, Leonard. Hello? Hi, Leonard. Yeah, hi, hi, Leonard. Hi. Hey, uh, how can I help you? Well, we are like, we live in Medicine Hat here. And okay. we really enjoy your show. But, Thank you. And 
Uh, we have a mountain ash beside yeah. our house. It's approximately 20, 25 feet high. And uh, uh, I want to trim it back, but I don't want to change the shape of the tree. I just want to know how much I could trim it back. I wouldn't trim it back um, much. They don't like to be cut back. Like uh, a mountain ash is one of those trees that you don't want to open any unnecessary wounds. Um, it, it it just it really opens it up for disease. And yeah. they like to be – so the only thing I would ever prune on a mountain ash are dead, damaged, or disease branching. Oh, okay. Um, I, they don't like to be reduced – um, you can remove some branches that are maybe going the wrong direction. Yeah. But the the last thing I'd really recommend is reducing a mountain ash because you're opening it up and it's just going to create a bunch of open things for disease and stuff for you. So okay. I would, yeah, I would just get a get a good arborist in, um, maybe do a bit of uh, just a dead damage disease removal, thin it out a bit if there's any crisscrossing branches a bit. Yeah. But mountain ash are one that you you only really prune them when it's absolutely necessary because it just it opens up for unnecessary disease and things oh, okay. like that. So okay. so all right, not one not one I'd really like. I said just yeah. only and, what absolutely has to. And when is the best time to prune an evergreen? Um, actually, right now is a good time. You can do it, or right after the new growth comes out. Okay. Um. If you're just doing thinning out and going up and clean out, right now is a great time. Yeah. Like over the winter. Yeah. I know our boys have been up and down a bunch of spruce trees doing that, uh, cleaning out the center of them, things yeah. like that. It, right now is a great time to do that. So. Okay. All righty. Thank you very much. All right. Thanks. You thanks, bet. Leonard. Bye. All right. And I got to take – actually, I'm, yeah, I'm really close to break time. I'll do one more quick test um, and, or one more quick text, sorry. And if it comes up here real quick. Hi, Merle. Is it hard to grow petunias from seed? And do you sell the seeds? We do have the seeds. They are a little bit harder. It's, the main thing is is, is they, they, they can stretch out on you. And you don't really need to start them for a while. Like, yeah, you'd start those in kind of March, mid-March, something like that. Because they just, once they get going, they grow pretty quick. And you just don't want to get them too long and leggy on you and soft in the house. So um, that's something I'd wait. But we definitely have the seeds. So you can come in, pick up some seeds, and then just wait a little bit till you get going on those. And i got to take a break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. A mix of sun and cloud and minus 10 in downtown Calgary. Good morning from Global News. It's 1030. I'm Madeline DeBellis. Canada's national COVID-19 death toll has surpassed 20,000. The milestone was reached after uh, after Quebec reported today 31 new fatalities related to the virus. Meanwhile, Ontario is reporting 1,848 new cases as well as 43 more deaths from the virus. Calgary police are investigating two violent incidents that took place early Saturday morning. A man was shot near Olympic Plaza, sustaining serious injuries followed by a man stabbed 20 minutes later at the Sheldon uh, Chumir Health Centre. Police believe the two incidents are related. No arrests have yet been made. And effective today, the country's four major airlines, Air Canada, WestJet, Sunwing and Air Transat, have agreed to suspend service to to Mexico and the Caribbean in an effort to slow the spread of COVID-19 until at least April 30th. It's minus 10. Breaking news when it happens. Our next scheduled news at 11. I'm Madeline DeBellis.
Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Earl Coombs, and phone lines are wide open, 403-974-8255 or 1-800-563-7770. Um, we'll be able to get you in before the end of the show. We have, we're in the last half hour here, but right now we're going to go to Connie. Good morning, Connie. Good morning. Hi there. Hi. I just need to know if a person can put dishwater on the garden. Um, I I don't think it would be a problem for the most part, long as you're if you're just doing regular regular dish soap and things like that. I think it should be fine. Any kind of special dish soap? I use palm olive. Yeah, <laughs> no, it has to be Dove. No, I, I think it's uh, <laughs> I think either one is fine. And I, I, again, you just wouldn't want to do excess amounts of it, right? Like, um, because if and. Like and depending on what you're washing, like just regular food, I, I think for the most part it, it should be fine. I I would just, try just it in normal, one area and sort of just, see, just yeah, and just dish, sort of just, just normal dishwater out of the sink. Yeah, no, I think, but how are you going to get it out of the sink? Is it scoop it out? Well, and... some of us just use a little dishpan in there. Oh, okay, nice. Well, <laughs> that's good. You're conserving water, and if you can reuse it, that's perfect. Yeah, and some of us are into that if we're allowed. And some folks yeah, say no. that dishwasher is good for dishwater is good for some bugs. Yeah, no, it is. It, but you also, if you use too much of it, that's sort of what I was saying. If you throw it on the foliage, I wouldn't throw it on my plants because it works like a magnifying glass. If you have too much, like when people use insecticidal soap, or if they say to use palm olive, um, they mix it and they spray it on the on the on the bugs, what it does is it sort of shrivels them up and suffocates them. But it also, if you don't rinse it off, it, it works like a magnifying glass and you can burn all your plants. Okay. So that's yeah. why I really yeah. recommend when people, instead of the insecticidal soaps and things like that, the pure spray green, which is that pharmaceutical grade mineral oil, you don't have to rinse it off. So you're not, you're not going to get that damage of, of burning your plants like that. So, um, but the, the, definitely the dish soap. And if you're just putting it into the soil, I, I don't see a, an issue of it um, being that much. So it, it should be fine. Okay. And I need to know when uh, someone is um, has broke their soil using too much Roundup, is there any way you can fix your soil off that? Um, yeah. For the most part, Roundup, once it hits the soil, it almost goes just back to neutral. Like it, it's, it's, it doesn't have a big residual in the soil. And that's just what they say. Would I use a bunch of Roundup and then grow my veggies in there? Probably not. But right. if you're growing flowers and things like that after it's been treated with Roundup, it should be fine. Okay. So. Okay. Yeah, okay. and that's they, what they say, right? They say once it hit ground, once it hits the soil, it goes sterile. It's just it's fine. Okay. <clears throat> so I wouldn't I wouldn't worry too much. So, but so I not, myself, there's not, uh, there's not a chance that if you use Roundup, it's not going to hurt the soil too bad. No, and what it does, it it what it, it it kills the plant by attacking the the chlorophyll in the plant. It stops it from feeding. So when you spray it on the foliage, like if you spray Roundup on a bark of your tree, it typically won't kill it. It needs to be ingested through the plant leaf, and through okay. the, and then and the plant takes it in. It stops it from feeding, and then soaks it down into the root that way. But typically, if you spray it on the bark and things like that, it won't. I'm not recommending this in any way to anybody. So just to be clear, but from what the what they tell us and things like that, and how typically how the 
the roundup works it it needs to be ingested through the foliage okay all okay. right well, thank you it's Thanks it's a so good product when used safely right and not in overabundance like if you're out there soaking your soil all the time it's not great um but if you just spot weed and things like that that's like kill x for your lawn too if, you, if you're using a good feeding program in your lawn and then you use Killex just to spot weed the odd dandelion, it's safe. But you don't want to be out there just spraying everything with it because then you do get the runoff into the sewers and stuff like that. So right, okay. it's everything in moderation. Good to know. <laughs> All right. Thanks for the info. Thanks, Connie. Okay. Have yeah, a good bye-bye. one. Bye-bye. And I'm going to go to some texts here. We got quite a few. Um, that I should probably try and get to. Here we go. All right. And hi, Merle. Did you get the picture last Sunday of my houseplant? I wonder if you can help sitting here having my coffee, listening to your show. Love your show, Laura. I did. Holy cow. Let's look at that. That is a uh, Hawaiian, like an umbrella, um, Chefalera. I, and I think I did – see, this one, it looks like it's a big, uh, twisty maze of, of of plants, So, which is pretty cool. And let me just see again. Good morning. Do you know what type of plant this is? Yeah, it's, so it's an umbrella tree. It's a type of chefalera. And should I cut the branches off with no leaves? Absolutely. If, they, if some of the branches are, just have no leaves at all, um, you can just cut that back. But it's kind of neat how you got it all woven in. Um, so you can keep it that way. Or if you did want to, you can cut some of those out, and it'll 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 come out from the bottom. So hopefully that helps. Sorry I didn't get back to you last week there, Laura. And uh, hopefully that helps you with that and enjoy your coffee. And uh, here we go. I already – did I get that one? Sorry. No, I did. Sorry about that. I'm just going through some text here. Morning. Can you tell me what kind of plant this is? I've had it for 30 years, repotted a couple times, and it has little yellow flower buds. Love your show. Ooh, that is, it's a type of, it's like a, it's a type of cactus. It's like a euphobia type. It's kind of cute. It's kind of, I'll get the exact name for this for you. Um, but it is in the succulent family, and it's pretty cool. I will, I'll get the exact name. But right now, I'm going to take a quick break. When I get back, I'll hit the phone lines. If you'd like to join me, phone lines are wide open 403 974 8255. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. Going to go to the phone lines. I'm going to chat with Mary. Good morning, Mary. Good morning, Merle. I How have are a you? question. I'm good. I have a question about uh, lilacs that I planted from seedlings okay. from an internet company. So I have okay. about 20 of them, and they're doing well. They're about two feet, two and a half feet, and they have lots of good growth on them. But I'm, you know, getting impatient for lilacs, and I read somewhere that I could put Epsom salts on there. I wouldn't um, do that. Like, uh, that's in some areas where soil, um, with different components, um, okay. there's just much better ways of of getting. And do you have access? Like, do you have these like in a long hedge? Yes, I do. Okay, and do you have? Is it close to a water source? 
We do. We water them. Um, we're on an acreage, and so we've got three 1,000-liter buckets of water that we collect from our buildings, okay. and so we do water them. Okay. If you can, um, do you so do you put it into a tank and then pull it over yeah. there, or do you have it hooked to a pump? Okay. We have it if you can to hook, a pump. Okay, perfect. If you can just do a drip system to it. Okay. Or a soaker hose, just so it yeah. soaks in, and even put bark mulch around them, and it helps okay. hold the moisture in a bit. Because in the country, sometimes it's harder to get enough water to them, and and lilacs have very short, sallow, okay, um, fibrous roots. So really, to get them going, they just need that really good watering. Um, okay. If you get a soaker hose to them, and yeah, we're on the it, hottest part of the acreage, so yeah, yeah maybe more water. It, yeah, and that will definitely make a difference. And then fertilize with, if you can add some 15, 30, 15 into that water tank okay. when you're feeding it, and this fertilize and water at the same time. And oh, then that's a just, good idea, yeah. Yeah, that'll make, if you can do it, do water once and then fertilizer the next time because if you get the soil okay. a little bit moist, it will definitely help. But then okay. just mix in that water soluble, like the 15, 30, 15, mm-hmm. and uh, – You'll, you'll see a big, big difference. And okay. just the little bit of bark mulch will help hold that moisture in for you. And you can and put the much, drip hose. How much bark mulch? Like four like inches? Two or three inches. Yeah, two okay. or three inches, three, and depends. It's hard when it gets blown away. So what I do is just try and pack it down really good too and try and water it if you can yeah. after you lay it down. That and sounds good. Yeah, but that will make a big difference. Just tell me what you're saying. It's in the hottest spot of your yard. Yeah. And yeah. and when you're starting small, and they just they do have that just a real fibrous shallow roots, um, okay. so that will make all the difference, and uh, and you should and, see some good results. And do you think maybe this year I might see some lilacs or? Yeah, if you didn't pr- prune them last year, there should be no reason why you shouldn't. How many years ago did you plant these? We planted them in 2017 as a seedling, and they were one year old when we got them then. Okay, so soon. So yeah, so you should see some. Year. Yeah, you should see some. This is when it should be really kicking in. Should have okay. been a little bit earlier, but give it just get everything set up for early spring. So as soon as it starts seeing the, as soon as you start seeing those buds push, yeah. and it's thawed out, start giving it the water. And then okay. that way you'll you'll just force it a bit so that you'll Perfect. see, yeah. And All just right. continue on that for the next few years, and then you should see that hedge get up and create a little bit of a shelter belt for you and create some nice blooms for you, hopefully. Awesome, that sounds great. Thanks so much. All right, thanks, Mary. Yep. Bye bye. All right, and I think we still have Aaron on the line. Good morning, Aaron. Oh hi. Um, hi there. How- Oh, thanks for taking my call. Of course. Um, I just had a question about my lawn, actually. Um, okay. We just recently moved in October into a house that has a really large, like, quarter-acre lot, a big, big yard. Yeah. Um, the previous owners didn't, I don't know if they didn't take very good care of the backyard or what, but it's very hard and very, like, kind of bumpy, and the grass is really sparse. Yep. Um, so my question is, how do I turn that into like a flat, lush, grassy yard? Okay. Um, in October when we moved or beginning of November, I did have it aerated before it got like before the okay. first frost. Okay. That's good. Is Do you have irrigation? No. Okay. 
that would be if it's if it's in the budget. I would definitely on a big lot like that. I would look at getting irrigation because you're going to use a lot less water. Because otherwise, if you're trying to 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 irrigate it with a sprinkler, you end up moving around, and then the water you end up running off. So if it's in the budget, I would look at okay. getting a um, getting an irrigation system installed. Okay. And that would be a big one. Um, the next thing what I would do is early spring, just give everything a really good power rake, and then get our green it up lawn fertilizer. So it's a it's a fertilizer that you're not getting at any of the box stores. It has a high middle number, so it's sixteen thirty two six. So okay. what you want to do is give it a really good shot of like it, it, one bag covers three thousand square feet. So you might need a couple two or three bags for that area. And then put that in and then put about an inch of loam over the whole area. Okay. And, and so what that'll do is it'll get the roots going like crazy, get it growing, and then that soil will get just eaten up by your lawn. Like it'll you'll be amazed at how fast the, the soil will disappear from your from the top. Like it'll just disappear into the root system because once you get your grass actively grown, it'll just take that soil right up like crazy. Okay. So and how old of the lawn would you say it is? Like, how old is the house? Is- uh, the house was built in 98, I believe. Okay, so, yeah, it's probably been just depleted over the years, so it just needs a good rejuvenation. And so, okay. but what you'll see with this fertilizer is that you'll water half as much as what you normally would because all the fertilizers that you're buying at the box stores are like 3204, and the middle number's for your roots. So in Calgary, okay. we have really hard clay soil, so mm-hmm. the fertilizer that I made is sixteen thirty two six. So it so the middle number gets the roots down nice and deep, gets it into the soil, so it's able to withstand those hot days. Like the other ones will get them green, but then as soon as it gets hot, you just have to keep watering, 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 right? Because there's no root system. Okay. But with our fertilizer, you water a lot less and you get a lot thicker grass. So okay, awesome. So um, power rake, fertilize, loam. Yep top dress okay. and then that then then you should be good and then just give okay. that and then fertilize three times a year and uh and if you get irrigating like i i probably last year i watered my lawn four times like it just because you just don't need it because once it gets nice and green and you get the roots established it, you just don't need much water to it. it it's able to withstand our dry conditions so okay awesome thank you so much all right hopefully okay. that helps yeah, we'll that talk helps. To you soon. Thanks so much. Okay, bye-bye. All right, take care. Thank you. All right, I'm going to take a quick break. You're listening to uh, Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Let's Talk Gardening is brought to you by Spruce It Up, Calgary's year-round full-service garden center. Spruce it up, green it up, prune it up. We got you covered. Right now I'm going to go to the phone line. We're going to chat with Richard. Good morning, Richard. Hi, Burl. How are you doing? Hey, good, good. How- I'm uh, building a couple more raised garden beds. I'm questioning on the height they should do. Why I'm doing this, because I have, well, I guess you call them Swedish aspen or columnar aspen, and yep. the roots in those are just ridiculous. They've taken over my gardens. Yep. Uh, so what I've done is I would build a raised garden bed, and I've been putting them about uh, using two by eight, so about three eighths. Uh, uh, 24, and well, it wouldn't be eight. It'd be about uh, two by six, excuse me. So five and a half inches. So three, uh, uh, six, 18 inches. Is that deep enough? 
Um, 18 inches is sort of the minimum I would do. If you if you could add one or two more, it would definitely help out. Um, okay. And it just giving you that 24 to 30 inches um, oh, just gives you room okay. to amend the soil a bit more. And okay. uh, so you might want to even go to a little bit bigger, like go to a 2 oh, by 10 or something. Okay, well, 2 by 10, that's 3 nines or 27. Two by eight is six, uh, three sevens or 21. Yeah. yeah, okay. Yeah, so three 10s would uh, be yeah. perfect. So that 27 sort of inches, usually oh, between okay. the two to 30, you know, something in that okay. area. It just gives you a bit more room to work with the soil. Mm -hmm. Okay, so what I usually do is uh, I, I I build them and then I line them with the, the plastic, basically just that plastic you can get from the, from the hardware store, the lumber yard, you know, they cover the lumber with. Yeah. So I put that as a liner. And then I put about four inches of gravel in the bottom, three, three, four inches, and put yep. a liner. Put the plastic over the top, the same thing, so the water does go down, you know, it goes through. And then I fill it a rough soil, and then I put about that last eight inches, I put good soil. Yeah. Is that good? Yep, that, that's great. And you can use this landscape fabric as well because um, the you'll find that that plastic, the poly, will actually deteriorate quite quickly underneath there. Oh, and I find yeah. When it's right no, attached I, to the soil. Oh, is that right? Well, actually, I put yeah. it. I put, I put it. Uh, you know, I did some put some gravel in the backyard, and I put that on on top of the soil before the gravel. Yeah. Uh, so that because if you don't do that, the gravel just sinks into the dirt. You know, and you lose yeah. the gravel. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Yeah, but so I just find that. sometimes the landscape fabric just works a little. It lets the moisture all the way through, and then uh -huh. it also it just lasts a lot longer. And uh, it okay. doesn't get that brittleness and just fall apart. Where the the poly, if it's in the soil, I find sometimes it'll disintegrate quite easily. Oh, is that so, right? Oh, yeah. So okay, so uh, give that a try. You would align that with the landscape uh, fabric. Also, yeah, just landscape you? fabric. Yeah, it's a lot easier to work with as well. So oh yeah, that plastic is tough. Yeah, that sounds yeah, good. Yeah, so okay, I would so switch over to that. You're twenty to twenty-four inches. Twenty. I thought that was too deep, but I guess not. No. No, okay. this gives you a little bit more to work with. That way you can dig in and turn it over when you need to and, and add to it. So, right. um, yeah, so this, if you go too narrow, the, especially with the roots and the trees, they'll well, they I, find I get, that. I get, I know I bring it off the ground. I put like uh, uh, four by fours or four by sixes underneath it to get it off the ground. Oh, okay. okay rot, I find they rot so fast. Eh? Right. Yeah. Now, you were talking about pruning before. And I think I got a, I did my apple trees, and I think I got a little aggressive. So last summer, I got some of those quite a few suckers. I look at yep. the tree, and I probably got twenty suckers on the top. Can I take? Because I've got lots of growth underneath it. Can I take those suckers off? Absolutely. Yeah, that's what you should do. Yeah, because I mean, yep. you know, it, it's too high. I mean, I can't even get up there with my ladder. <laughs> you yeah, just get in there, and you can you can remove all those those suckers, the ones that are going up. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, All righty. Thanks, Sounds Richard. Great. Thanks. Bye-bye. 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 All right. I think I have time. I'll try one more quick call. We'll go to Krista. Hi. Good morning. Hi. We have to make it quick. Sorry, Krista. Okay. Yeah, no problem. I have a little succulent plant, and all okay. of a sudden, there are little bugs in the dirt, and they have wings, and they're very, very tiny, and they fly around. Now, yeah. the plant isn't suffering at all, but I sprayed it with it's safer soap. Uh, numerous times, and they're still alive in there. Yeah, that's fungus that. So what you want to do is just really stop watering for a while and just aerate the soil. So just run like a fork or a spoon or something oh, on the top okay. of the soil. Just aerate okay. it, 
and just don't water it for like don't put because when you spray it you're just adding more moisture so it just oh. it's been too wet so you just want to let it totally dry out and just run the spoon or fork or something on the soil okay. and that'll loosen up the top and just aerate it and then they because it's very hard usually you don't get fungus gnats on on succulent so just cut back on the water as well okay okay sounds right. good thank you so much thanks krista okay bye-bye all right and that's it for today Thank you so much. Lots of people calling in, tons of text. Uh, I'll try and get back to everybody. And until next week, we'll get our garden on right here on 770 CHQR.